Hello and welcome to a whole new episode of Scale Up Stories in collaboration with the Taste of Kent Awards. Yes, Digital Beans and Producing Kent are coming together for a number of shows for your ears uh, that are aimed at learning a little bit more about what the Taste of Kent Awards mean to the local Kent food and drink community. Uh, plus, we're going to be speaking to the finalists of this year's awards themselves, finding out more about their passions and why Kent is such a special place for them and uh, is such an incredible uh, so to speak, platform to be able to have their business thrive from. Uh, today on the show, uh, we've got Grace, the co-owner of Goopy on with us. We've got Steve, the owner of Street Farm Dairy. And actually, Steve is the person who we're going to start with on the show today. And, and you're going to notice one thing if you're watching this in video format, not so much, obviously, in audio. Uh, but I had to record these interviews on Monday, which... I had a lot more hair on Monday and uh, you're going to see that. So don't worry. This isn't something that happened in the last hour. I've not just quickly grabbed a haircut and uh, and all of a sudden I'm a different person. Uh, you're going to see it in the video. My hair is absolutely out of control <laughs> during these interviews. But now it's all right. I'm, I'm happy enough with this. The lots are a lot shorter. Uh, let's get over to Steve, the owner of Street Farm Dairy. They're up for Kent Dairy Product of the Year. Uh, they're up against some fantastic Kent producers in uh, Kinkot Dairy, whose Kentish Blue Cheese is also a finalist within that award category, and Whole Milk from Ben and Holly, also in that category. Their free-range double cream is what they're looking to uh, to take it home for them with. Uh, so let's find out, Sherry, from Steve. And I started the interview um, by asking him a little bit more about... Uh, Street Farm Dairy, his business. Well, the business has got two halves, really. You've got the farming business, which is is sort of motivated to produce milk, look after the cows, rear more cows to replace the ones that go down the road. And the other part of the business is the milk processing and delivery business. So I'm kind of over the whole lot. So uh, the business would kick off at like half 12 midnight, with the delivery, first delivery guy goes out, and then the second delivery guy will be on at two, third delivery guy on at five, and about quarter to six, a guy comes in and begins to get the cows ready for milking. So they're out in the field at the moment, so he's out in the field, nice walk in the early morning, sun's up, birds are singing, what could be nicer? 120 cows in the yard, then you've got to milk them. So you go down in a pit, which is a, a hole in the ground basically, and the cows stand next to you, and you've got a routine, so you spray them up with something to keep their teeth clean, wipe them clean, put the units on, and away you go. And you just keep doing that until the last cow comes in. And then you clean it all down, uh, wash it all through, and have your breakfast. So that's that bit of it. And then the, the other side of the business, <clears throat> the guy will come in at seven, and he'll set up the processing business, and he'll get on with turning that milk into bottles, put it in the cold store ready for next day's delivery. Um, and that's the routine. And then all the other stuff bolts onto that, you know, cutting grass, fertilizing grass, making hay, silage, on and on. Well, obviously, from what you were just saying there, there's no, so to speak, mass production here. Um, you know, you're a family run business, as you're saying there, in terms of bottling the milk, it's, it's a process. Uh, how sort of tough is is that process and and how much hard work goes into producing just that one two three pints of milk that we'd usually just go and grab off a supermarket shelf for, for you as a local family business yeah um <clears throat> the hardest work really is that it never stops mm -hmm. 
So it's seven days a week. We're producing milk seven days a week. We're bottling three days a week, making cream three days a week. So there's always something going on. So that can create quite a bit of stress. Things go wrong. They have to be fixed. You don't have time to say, oh, well, I'll fix that next week. It's got to be done by tomorrow morning. So that's the, the, the actual physical work is not so bad anymore because so much of it's done by machine. The milk is bottled by machine, for example, the cows are milked by machine, the bales of hay are fed by machine, the straw is put in by machine. So a lot of it is machine work and you're, you're a machine operator for quite a bit of the day, but um, it, it can be a bit hairy at times. How um how thankful are you for technology? Because <laughs> I imagine there was at one point you you acquired a business right in was it in the nineties uh, or you you know you yeah, used yeah. at the helm of a business in the nineties and there, there was a time where I, I I take it you was on your, your your knees and you had people who had to who had to do things manually. Yeah, well, when we started, which would have been in the seventies, it was a lot of handwork and that was hard work. But you got used to it, and I suppose it toughened you up, and nobody really thought anything about it. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was younger, you used to have six guys go out to get hay out in the field, and it was all put on the trailer with a pitchfork. Well, you've got, you know, 100 kilo bale, but there's only done four or 500 of those. You knew you'd done some work. Mm -hmm. And then you'd clean out the calf pens or the cows, and it was all done by a fork and a wheelbarrow. So it was hard then, but it's much easier now. Uh, and the technology, just keeps going on and on really. Uh, we've got a technology thing on the cows now that tells us when they're ready to be put in calf. <laughs> How yeah. weird is that? <laughs> that so is that, strange. Yeah, that's the sort of leading edge technology that we're up against. And you know, you're talking about tractors that drive themselves around the field and combines that record every grain of wheat on every square inch of it. You know, it's just it's just well, it's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, amongst expensive. all of that, it's good. But it is expensive. It is pricey. It is expensive. Who knows, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who knows what so, they're going to come up with next? I mean, who knows what, what could know. be next? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was reading online on your website, Your Honor, for, for Street Farm Dairy, obviously, very much a family business. Um, yes. I said at the start, yeah. you know, um, I, take, I, I understand you didn't find the business, but you came to acquire it um, years after it was it was founded. So what, what attracted you to... To, to to own and run street farm dairy and 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 for your for your family so to speak through now that the years to so to speak be be so involved with the with the business well we had an opportunity back in the late 80s to buy a fledgling really milk round business from a local farmer who was moving on and we just thought at the time it was a good idea <laughs> <laughs> mad fools that we were but um, <laughs> it was a good idea and and basically it meant that the milk that we were selling for very little in bulk we could sell for a lot more money by putting it in bottles uh, and distributing it locally so that was really the, the main driver but since sort of doing that the, the financial aspect is still there obviously and the the nice thing is that you are involved very much in the local communities and whereas some of the national milk delivery systems have become more and more divert, uh, divorced from the people um, we are actually very much involved with our customers they know that if they want to they can phone me up and talk to me uh, and if they've got a problem with their beer or the milk or whatever things that haven't gone quite right deliveries they can phone me up and speak to me and say hey Steve you need to sort this out why has it gone wrong 
and I get hold of my wife and say, would you go off and sort this out for me? <laughs> so she'll toddle off in the car and, and deliver the milk that's not been delivered or whatever the thing is. So, you know, and it's nice to get, uh, sometimes I do the milk round, sometimes I go and collect the money off the doorsteps, and it's just nice to meet people who say, you know, we're really glad you're here. Uh, do you know what, my what was his, his, uncle-in-law, uncle I suppose you'd sort of say that, um, my, my fiancé's uncle, um, mm. he was a milkman for a number of years, and uh, and even to this day now, when he talks about it, I sort of go, whoa. I couldn't do that. Like you're, you're up literally all night. You, 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 that's it. You're, you're on your float. You're up all night. And he said it was one of the best jobs that he ever had. He absolutely loved it. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. And um, yeah. as you said, they're also in the morning, first thing, doing the collections. He said that used to be a great part of it because you, you, people had time in the morning. You stand over NASA. It's really sociable. Although it seemed like unsociable hours. He, he absolutely loved it. The, the unsung heroes the milkman <laughs> let me tell you let me tell you um so you're up for a taste of kent award here steve which i, I yeah, find yeah. really really interesting and please i'm yeah. going to ask you this as a very much a dumbfounded question now i'm someone who i love cream with anything if i have a bit of cake got to have some cream on it if i'm right. cooking a fresh pasta and i want to make a cheap a, a, a creamy pasta i don't buy a jar of the the sauce i i do it myself i love cooking with fresh cream yeah, yeah. and i often make a curry bit of cream in there as well but it's very much always been one of those products where what makes a cream unique to any individual business? Now, the fact that you guys here for the Taste of Kent Awards for the Dairy Product of the Year category are up for your free range double cream, I think is a kudos to the work you guys at Street Farm Dairy put into it, the process, because there must be something about it for it to be recognized and voted for within this within this category and, and for you to be a finalist as well. So tell us a little bit about the process that goes in to creating your now, you know, potentially yeah. award-winning okay. free-range <clears throat> double cream. Yeah, well, I don't actually make the cream. There's a, a lady called Samantha who's who's the cream guru. And <laughs> basically what happens is that the, cream, the, the, the milk is heated up and it's put through a centrifuge basically and the centrifuge separates the cream off from the skin and you have to set the centrifuge to make various thicknesses of cream and we've always specialized in making a very thick double cream and it's got a reputation locally and internationally actually because there are some people who when they're on holiday when they were on holiday from the continent they would call in and say we want to take some of your cream home because we've got nothing like it in germany or france or italy or wherever they come from so but the process is the adjusting of the machine is very precise and to get the cream that we make which is not like anything anybody else makes it is just a lot of attention to detail so she'll be in there just adjusting the machine until it's exactly right. And that's what comes out into the pots. You know, we make other sorts of cream as well, but the flagship is the free range double cream. I say this all the time. It's um, that I think the difference between local produce like this that potentially maybe shouldn't taste a whole lot different mm. is the experience within it. And the fact that it's made with love, it's made independently and it's made by people who are really trying to go that extra mile to make it unique and something that is moorish for you to come back and want more of it. Because obviously local businesses like yourselves, you don't grow and, you know, so to speak, uh, have that potential to elevate your business 
by sending one pot of cream to a random person. You elevate your business by being able to regularly be able to sell your products to people that are loyal to your business because they've got a good experience with it. And then obviously recommending it to other people. So do you think that plays a, obviously you said there about the process, that plays a big part in the popularity of, of, of this particular product? Yeah, I mean, consistency is quite important. Yeah. And, and behind the consistency is the, is the attention to detail. Mm -hmm. Samantha's really good at attending to the detail. You know, if you want if you want somebody who's really good in your dairy, employ a woman. You know, I'm sorry guys, but they are the best in the dairy environment. <laughs> sorry, but they are. You know, they've got more attention to detail and more patience than us guys have got. And you know, she's been making cream for lots of years, and once people have had it. Generally speaking, they start with a habit at Easter or the habit at Christmas and they say, wow, you know, we need more of this. So, yeah, that's the way it goes. How, uh, how do you feel to be nominated for the Taste of Ken Awards? What's it like being a finalist, Steve? I'm quite surprised, really. Um, we always knew that our cream was special because that's what people told us. And my daughter, who's more into social media than I will ever be, um, <laughs> sort of push this project forward and uh, the people who've, who've uh, tasted the product they voted for it so good for them you know good for us for making it good for them for voting for it so we're quite surprised really well I am not surprised that people would want to eat, treat, eat our cream but surprised that so many people nominated it as a, a top flight product uh, I know you mentioned on your site and you mentioned there about your uh, your cream guru uh, mm. and you, you mentioned that your family run business. But tell us a bit about the faces uh, behind your business. And I potentially you won't be able to go into detail on every single person, but tell us a bit about the people who make up Street Farm Dairy. Yeah, well, the people who work for me, I, I tend to think of them working with me rather than for me. And they are an extremely good group of people. They're very loyal, they're very punctual, they do everything with the best intention. Um, so running from the top would be the, the real boss of the business is my wife, Dorothy. She keeps me under control and that enables me to keep other people under control. And then we've got the Samanthas in the dairy, we've got three milk delivery men and we've got a guy who comes in and uh, does the bottling side of the business. And then Felicity is the social media. She's my daughter, eldest daughter. She does social media and all that side of things. And uh, I just sit over the top of it all and try and keep it all right. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure everything's running smoothly and efficiently. That's right. That's I, like right. I, do, I do my best, yes, yes. Um, what, they're, what, all, they're all pretty pleased, really, that we've got nominated and that we've come into the top three. You know, it's good for them. I was, I was going to say, what, what does it mean for for your colleagues, for your for your family to to be to 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 win this? What would it mean to them to to win it? You say they're really happy just to be finalists, but right. would it be nice to win? Yeah, I think if if we were allowed to get together and have a celebration, we would have a big celebration. But uh, the last thing I ever won was when I was at school and I won a cup for loyalty, which, uh, you know, not quite sure that compares with the taste of Ken. Ah, oh, Steve, we need to get you with it. I, I want you to win this award now. It can't be since your school days, the last time you picked up. With all the hard work you've put in, I know, I, I'm, I know. I'm not biased. I'm not allowed to be biased. But I'm going to be biased for the Kent Dairy product of the year. I'm sorry. Street Farm Dairies, free range double cream, 
please win. <laughs> yeah, okay. Come on. King Hot Dairy, you've won loads of awards. Ben and Hoddy, if you haven't already, you're going to get there. Um, but come Kent Ken Dairy Products of the Year. Um, Street Farm Dairy, the three finalists as mentioned there for the Kent Dairy Products of the Year. Whole Milk mm -hmm. by Ben and Hoddy. King Hot Dairy's Kentish Blue Cheese, which is, by the way, delicious. Uh, and the free-range double cream from Street Farm Dairy that we have been talking about. Um, Steve, I wish you guys all, all the luck in the world. Thank you so much yeah. for telling me a, a little bit about your, your journey today. Um, and, and also, I suppose for the final question, you know, the, the world's starting to open up a little bit, but but what have yeah. the last 12 months been been like for you guys? Well, the, the last 12 months have been, we've been blessed, to be honest, because so many people suddenly realised that uh, food that was local was still going to be there and local people could deliver it to them. So we, we've had a huge increase in, in our doorstep deliveries, um, which was a struggle at the times, but, you know, you can't turn it away and it's good. You know, so we've been blessed. Um, we just, and, you know, those people have stayed with us. So that tells you something about the fact that, you know, we're reasonably good at what we do. And hopefully it tells you that as well, Steve, because that's better than any award, isn't it? That's better. Yeah. Customer loyalty is better yeah. than any award, however nice an award is. Best of luck. Uh, congratulations on being finalist, Steve. Best of luck to you and the team. Hopefully you can bring the award home uh, on the virtual ceremony, which is later on in May. Um, yeah. It's been a joy chatting, chatting to you today, Steve. And of course, if you want to check mm -hmm. out Street Farm Dairy, go, go look at their website. Thank you, Steve. OK, thank you very much. Steve there from Street Farm Dairy. An absolute pleasure to speak to him. And you know what? When we first sat down to chat, he'd literally just come off the farm himself. He's still so very much hands-on and uh, and plays such a massive part as he has done over the years uh, within the business, making sure that it's going in the right direction and making sure that they're on top of things. And some of the investments he spoke about in technology and how the world has changed for dairy farmers is, is quite dramatic. Like now, from being on hands and knees, uh, to produce from the early days to now technology taking care of most of the process is just incredible. What, what, what a great evolution uh, that is in the dairy farm industry. Of course, some people still love doing it the old way. I bet Steve does. But, you know, if the technology is there, it's there to invest in. So best of luck to them and best of luck to them in the Taste of Kent Awards. Fantastic to be finalists, as Steve said there, for Street Farm Dairy for their free-range double cream, but they want to win it. They're up against King Cot Dairies, Kentish Blue Cheese and Whole Milk from Ben and Holly. That's Kent Dairy Product of the Year. We'll find out who wins that category in May. Uh, right, moving on. With today's Scan Up Stories podcast, uh, I spoke and caught up. We actually recently had Grace uh, from Goopy on a Scan Up Story, learning a little bit more about how Goopy have grown over the uh, over the recent years and, and what they're doing when it comes to being more environmentally friendly. And it's of no shock to me that for this year's Tent of Kent, Taste of Kent Awards, uh, Goopy's been nominated in Kent Sustainability Award. Uh, we work with Goopy here at Digital Beans uh, on their digital marketing. And honestly, their commitment is unreal um, and everything they're doing, they're, they're trying to find ways to do things, but are doing it the right way. They're not just jumping on trends to be fashionable, which a lot of businesses do um, as a business themselves. They care more deeper than that. They want to have a thriving business whilst also making a difference uh, with what they do to make sure that their business and the world is more sustainable uh, through their work. So um, go and check out their website, by the way. I've got a fantastic category and I hit on this in the interview on their ethics. Uh, you can go check that out on the Goopy website. 
But right now, um, me chatting to Grace, the Corona Goopy, about their nomination for the Kent Sustainability Award. And I started that conversation, as you'll see by by Grace's background. Um, she, was, she was in their chocolate house. Um, I had to ask how nice it is uh, for them to have their chocolate house in Tunbridge Wells back open and, and Grace uh, being able to greet customers. Check this out. I know it's really nice just like having all the locals coming back in being happy that we're open yeah no it's good good to get that face to face I don't usually get that so <laughs> yeah of course because obviously through, through Covid you've obviously had to make that transition a little bit more to online haven't you so a lot of your products are now being sold online and distributed and I know in the past you know that's that's what you've been doing anyway but obviously you 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 acquired um, the building to be able to meet your customers meet new customers and sell your product direct to customers in front of you you haven't had the chance to do that so how 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 sort of is that going yeah no good I think every time so when we first opened it was sort of a couple of months before lockdown we started to get into the swing of things feel some regular customers started to get our groove and then we shut down and then the second like the first lockdown lifted did the same thing started to get the regulars back feeling like we're in the swing of it that happened a couple of times so hopefully this is the last time it's just nice to yeah be part of a community and like I'm usually just behind the screen in my own house so it's cool to speak to customers face to face yeah so i don't know how to can, can we do this on zoom like do, can we do, <laughs> we're doing this face -face? Can, can you maybe connect via the laptop over there and we'll take the order that way it must be nice to be back out about i can't wait to get back out and about but um for anyone watching who doesn't know whereabouts you are whereabouts are you the goopy stories uh tell us tell us where you are what community so are you the uh, chocolate house is in tunbridge wells it's just on ely court which is off royal victoria place uh if you know tunbridge wells at all and then we also have obviously our factory in Gowthurst. so we're very much kent based yeah, lovely. Um, perfect stuff. I'll have to try and pop down. I've always said this. We, we spoke, you've, you've been on Scale Art Stories before and you were telling us about the chocolate house. And I know it always takes me back. I'm sure it is Hansel and Gretel, isn't it? Where they go out into the woods and there's that massive house made of like sweeps. That's all I can think of that just in the middle of Tunbridge Wells, Goopy have built a house made of chocolate. Oh, I and, wish uh, that and oh. a nice little Willy Wonka river. That would be the dream. Yes, that is a marketing <laughs> campaign waiting to happen. By the way, if they, you, anyone out there who nicks that idea, 10%. Is all yeah. I'll take. That that's all I, I I'm I'm gen I'm generous that way. Um let's talk a bit more about Goopy. We've spoken about your chocolate house where you're at now, spoke a bit about the, the transition online a little bit more over the pandemic, but tell us about where, where Goopy was founded and, and a bit more about the business. Yes, yeah, so um Goopy the product is something my grandma used to make so me and my mom together run the business uh we make it all ourselves in Gautas it kind of happened by accident originally she just went to some local shops they placed orders um and now yeah we have our small little factory unit and we've just been sort of growing diversifying a little bit by little bit doing some online some with wholesalers some with direct retailers some hospitality businesses and then finally our own own outlet here in Tunbridge Wells Tell us about what Goopy is. So what is that product? Why, why is it different, so to speak, to, to any other chocolate product out there for, for you? And, and and we've had this conversation before. You more or less grew up on Goopy, didn't you? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I think it's the texture. I think that's what really makes it unique. It's kind of um, soft chew, a little bit of a crunch, obviously chocolatey, but it's somewhere between like a tiffin or a Rice Krispie treat or a brownie. There's nothing that exactly describes it, so obviously it's goopy, but yeah, I think the texture is really what makes it unique, which obviously yeah. I can't tell you how we how we do. 
No, it's it's a bit like the um the herbs and spice KFC we liken it to, don't we? You can't you can't tell everyone how how that works and how it happens. Um, we've had the the absolute privilege of of working with you guys recently, and it's been great to get to know to know you more and and your team more and, and more about your your future goals and and aspirations and working together on those things. But for anyone who doesn't know much about the team and the faces behind Goopy, can you give us a little bit of insight as to who they are and and what the team's like? Yeah, definitely. So um, me and my mum own and run it day to day. So my mum heads up the factory. Um, we have four ladies who help her make goopy in there. Um, so they're all doing everything by hand every day. Everyone's on sort of part-time basis. And then I had the sales marketing and now the chocolate house. Uh, so we have a team of eight, I want to say. Nice. Yep, eight here at the moment. Um, and they, you know, serve customers we bake everything in store and make all of our wonderful hot chocolates of course oh i could do with one of those today it's a little bit chilly outside so a nice hot chocolate just as you're walking down the street sounds absolutely perfect to me um you're up for the kent sustainability award with the curious eatery uh and uh provenance potatoes uh for this year's taste of kent awards um first of all the kent sustainability award um obviously we've spoken before a little bit about the sustainability uh, that you're trying to push from within Goopy, um, what you're already doing, the product itself, how that's sustainable as well. Um, this must be a really nice pat on the back for the efforts that you've been putting in, especially over the past five years to make sure that Goopy be becomes a very much a sustainable brand. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think if, more so for the efforts my mum put in even before that, because I would say she's always been a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of like, you know, being aware of things and trying to do business in the more modern, sustainable way. Um, but she would also never toot her own horn. Like she would never tell anyone what she's doing. She would never ask for any kind of like approval from it because she feels like that's just how it should be done. So I think for me, the best thing is getting some some approval for her. You know, you've been doing this for 10 years now, like you're doing the right things. <laughs> Pat on the back for mum. Love it. Exactly. Um, tell us about why Goopy Sustainable. And tell us a little bit more about the methods that go into creating um, your products. And 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 also, we spoke about this before as well, um, uh, you know, the, the sustainability goals, so to speak, not just now and the targets that you've hit, but where you're going in the future with Goopy too. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we'd like to think that it's at the core of everything we try to do. I mean, I think our problem and also our asset has always been we want to do everything and we want to do mm -hmm. everything right so that's not very uh sexy in terms of marketing you can't you know push it in the same way that you can if you've got like one goal like we want to eliminate poverty but um it's i think a little bit more sustainable in itself um and all encompassing so it could be the sourcing of our ingredients so whether it's rspo palm oil or fair trade cocoa or whatever it is i mean we put a lot of time into it. my mum specifically puts a lot of time into looking at all of the ingredients trying to not just find them but also understand the problems that actually surround each and every ingredient because mm -hmm. i think you can't it's very easy to make a decision and be like oh we've just gone for that accreditation because then we look good but it's another thing to understand the issue and understand why that accreditation will actually help the issue and try and solve it um, and then we've got, you know, packaging. I think there's one thing, looking at the packaging in the boxes, so using possible alternatives or recyclable. You've also got to think of the packaging that all of your ingredients come in and all of your packaging comes in and how you get rid of that and 
where that goes out to. Um, and then also you've got your staff, so you've got to make sure you're paying them properly, but also giving them suitable hours and working around their own. So I mean, it's I think mean, there's so many different <laughs> different elements that it comes into, and I just want it to be core to the business that we always try to do all of them to the best mm -hmm. that we can. Because you can't always have the answers, but if you try, you're at least you know doing the best you can. Yeah, you've got a, a fantastic page on the Goopy website about your ethical stance. And, and I'm going to ask you some things. It's actually really nice that you mentioned um, about the products because I'm going to ask you a couple of things on 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 those in, in just a moment's time in terms of the, the sourcing. Because what I find interesting um, is is a majority of the ingredients that that go in right to, to Goopy uh, are, are sourced from from here in Kent, which, which must be really important for you because it's not just... Um, it's obviously not just about sustainability in the products itself, but the sustainability of the Kent food and drink industry and those other local producers that, you know, that they're also making some revenue from 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 the production of of, of your product. So we'll, we'll come back to that in just a second. Um, but naturally, um, is uh, all all the Goopy products are are vegan, right? They're, they're gluten free, um, yeah, yeah. which which in itself, you know, is great for people who have allergies but also great as well for 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 the environment and and obviously the fact that they're vegan too um has that all be, always been the way with with the product no so the the primary product was sort of naturally vegan um it wasn't necessarily a conscious decision and if you think about like 11 years ago i'd say vegan was quite a niche um niche concept so it wasn't really on the radar um and then as it became more prevalent and specifically as my sister became vegan we started to think about it from a more sustainable point of view um and we realized actually all of the goopy products were vegan except for the white chocolate ones and so then we spent sort of like a year really looking into how we could transform that to be vegan not just so that everyone can have them because i think that's a nice thing but also because i think you just can't deny the environmental impact of that and it just kind of felt like it's what we should be doing um so yeah eventually we managed to make them all vegan um, through some careful sourcing <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of testing as it always is with these uh with, with these. I was going to say, testing all that white chocolate must have been an extremely hard time. I, do you know, I really like this one, but let's try another one was probably the, the, the phrase that was used the most in Goopy around that time. Um, do you know what I also, as mentioned earlier on the, the products, and you mentioned there about the testing, um, I, I saw here and, and just reading from your website now that uh, the lavender and your white and dark lavender flowers that come from the hop shop in Faversham, your coffee and espresso comes from um, come from a, a, a coffee place in Sittingbourne. Then you, you've, you've got loads of stuff here from Binnens and Vineyards and 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 Molden like there's there's a big emphasis here on 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 your products and the, and the source being Kent so how important for you is it to be a, a massive part of this incredible um growing community that we've got in Kent some incredible brewers and and obviously those in within the Kent food and drink industry too yeah I mean he, I mean it, we're lucky to be in Kent really with such a food <laughs> provenance and you've got to also appreciate of course chocolate coffee they're not growing here so there's a limit to what you can do but i think it's important that you're trying to do it wherever you can and also not forgetting wholesalers i mean they're still kent businesses that are wholesaling products okay they may not be growing something but they're still part of the economy here and still trying to do good things so i think if you can source it you know within your local community why, why wouldn't you mm -hmm. it's uh 
just seems like a no-brainer but <laughs> yeah and, and 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 also it does also sound like a no-brainer having naturally recyclable packaging but that is really tough because I think we spoke about this before. It obviously costs more. Um, so then you've got to work out how, how you do the margins on that. But also, um, I, I think we I think it was me and you who spoke about this, Grace. The amount of testing that goes into trying out recyclable packaging is pretty extensive. Um, so is there any chance you can hit on a little bit about um, that process of introducing recycling recyclable packaging um, for Goopy, especially being 100% recyclable, which is you know, is, is a feat in itself. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, actually, my biggest issue has always been the compostable element of it. Recyclable, my mum was so sort of, I guess, ahead in that, that all of our packaging from literally day dot has always been recyclable, 100%. Like, it always had to be card, and the label always had to be recyclable with the card, and that's mm -hmm. just how we, how it always started. And for us, then, the next step was always going to be compostable, and trying to improve it even further. But the information surrounding compostable and the fact that the word biodegradable is often used interchangeably, even though they're not the same thing. And then you've got industrially versus home compostable. I mean, for just the amount of research you need to go into understanding the accreditations and what they all do, I mean, that's like a feat in itself. And then you've got to work out whether you even trust what they are saying and then test it yourself at home and then then you buy it and it's four times the price and you've got to work that into your costing. So it's quite a, <laughs> it's a long process. I think it took us probably a year and a half to switch from our recyclable bags to our compostable ones, purely just yeah. trying to work out what compostable was and whether it was better. Um, yeah, I suppose this is, the, this is the difference between making the right decision um, within what your goals and your ethics are as a business compared to just turn around and going, oh, shove it, we're just using bamboo cups instead of plastic cups. Like, there's a process to that if you want to properly make sure it works out for the good of the good, right? Because, you know, changing to something like that is a, is a big feat for, for a, a, a business like yourselves. It is, and also so many of the best-intentioned new products trying mm -hmm. to make a difference environmentally or whatever it is sadly they have hidden consequences so mm -hmm. if you aren't looking into it you could almost make the issue worse by trying to do good and i think that's always been a fear of ours like we want to make sure we understand it because we don't want to accidentally do something worse and i think the same thing happens with the palm oil we chose the accreditation we chose and went through it all then the whole palm oil scandal came out and we were like, oh my gosh, should we be getting rid of this? Went back into our research and we're like, no, actually this is still the best option that's available and we could just be making it worse, but for another product if we switch. So mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's it's a minefield and you never know if you've done it right or not, but. <laughs> You're scratching your head now even talking yeah, about it. That's, that's how much of a minefield <laughs> it is. Um, yeah. Kent Sustainability, as I said, for the Taste to Get Awards, you're up for the Kent Sustainability Award. Obviously, it's great that you're a finalist. We've spoken about how you feel to be nominated already. We can feel your passion about your ethics behind sustainability for Goopy. But let me just ask you one question, Grace, and, and, and we know each other quite well now. I, I think I'll be able to read you here. How nice would it be to win the award? Go on. <laughs> I think it would be amazing. I also think, though, we've got this constant like imposter syndrome where you're like, yeah we don't deserve this so I, <laughs> I think it would be sort of a really nice um acknowledgement that maybe actually we are doing some good stuff here and it's not just all in our 
our heads or yeah I, I mean it would be amazing but also I'm sure that the other two finalists would be <laughs> very well deserved um and yeah it's it's just nice to be a finalist. A hundred percent. Do you know what though? What I think is great about this award maybe compared to a couple of the others is that actually the fact that you three have been pulled out as finalists within this category is a massive nod in itself because it's one of those where like naturally as a finalist, you're being recognized for the amazing work you're doing when it comes to the sustainability of the gooder of good. So the, the, the bigger picture and, and, and I think whoever's a finalist in this category, not even winning it, just, just even a finalist um, should be an inspiration to how other businesses can sort of change and hearing your story about how you've done that at Goopy, I'm hoping would inspire some other businesses who want to do more and are passionate about doing more about doing it the right way. It's not just about pulling that trigger and going, oh, look, we're, we, you know, we're vegan now. We're, you know, we're, we're eco-friendly. Like it, it doesn't work like that. You've got, you've got to find a way to do it properly. And I think that's what's great about, about chatting with you right now. And I think the other two uh, nominees as well, reading their stories, the Curious Eatery uh, and Provenance Potatoes, alongside yourself, Goopy, and the Kent Sustainability Award, it's, it's finding a way to do it, like you say, that is, is the right way. Um, because you, you just you just never know. And, and obviously also as well, when it comes to stuff like that, if those margins don't work out, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to end up with a business that doesn't make any money just for the packaging? Or it, as you say, it's a process. Yeah, definitely. You've got to do it bit by bit. And I, there's definitely things that I still want to improve, but then you've always got to keep improving. And to be honest, just having awards like this out here at the moment, I think that's, mm -hmm. that's part of the battle, isn't it? Just Let's just get it more into the into the public eye and that's how real change happens if the public want it so I completely agree with that. Um, congratulations to everyone who's up for a while. Congratulations to you guys, Grace, uh, for being up for this. Well done. Um, and thank you for taking time out for chatting with me again. You're probably getting sick of my face and my ever-growing <laughs> hair. At the... Is it every time we chat, my hair gets about five inches longer? Like, literally, it's it's in a world of its own now. I've never been so ungroomed in my life. I, I walked down the street the other day and I, I kept doing this. And Charlotte, my fiancé, goes to me, you have got vein. I went, I've not got vein. I I just my hair's like this. Can't you see it? Like, look at me. So yeah, <laughs> jealous just to have that much hair. So oh, I don't know. Well, no, do you know what's scary, though, Grace? Maybe this isn't something for this conversation. But I, I FaceTime my dad the other day, and my dad's now in his his mid sixties, and his hair is like mine as it is now. Wow. I don't know whether that's a good omen or yeah, a bad omen. <laughs> Because how has he carried that on? And he's also got like the, the same bits that are sticking out of his hair and ridiculously curly, like exactly the same as what I've got right now. I'm, I'm looking like my dad and I don't think that's ever a good thing, especially when he's 65. I know two kids is tough, but not that tough. Um, Grace, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck in the award. Uh, congratulations again to Curious Eatery and Province Potatoes, who are also up for the Kent Sustainability of the Award. And we'll find out in May uh, who will take that award home. But, but well done on being finalists and thank you for your time. Thanks for speaking with me. Oh, the lovely Grace there from Goopy. Uh, if you haven't checked out Goopy and you haven't tried some of their delicious delicious treats uh go check out their website goopy chocolate right thank you guys for joining me for another scale up stories and taste of kent awards collaboration podcast uh the last what is it half an hour or so uh, you've heard from steve the owner of street farm dairy and grace the co-owner of goopy both on their nominations for a taste of kent award what it means to them and of course about sustainability 
uh, within Kent businesses and new technologies as well within new food and within the food and drink sector that helps make and produce local produce a heck of a lot easier. Uh, make sure you listen back if you missed anything today. If you want to check out more on uh, the finalists and the categories in full for Kent Sustainability Award and also the Kent Dairy Product of the Year Award, go to tastekentawards.co.uk. Uh, if you want anything from Digital Beans, we're digitalbeans.agency. And for now, we're going to get out of here. Stay safe, everyone, and enjoy the rest of your week. 